Well, so real estate stores, you know, um, we have to be very aware of safety. Um, it's not, when I first started, it was not unusual to meet a buyer for the first time at a house, a vacant house. Is your health thriving or is it merely surviving? Welcome to Thriving with Chiropractic, where we unpack conditions and lifestyle challenges in order for you to be the best version of health you can possibly be. I'm your host, Dr. Mosier, and my beautiful co-host is my wife, Ellen. Join us on this journey to thrive. Hey folks, Dr. Mosier here, and I have Jennifer with me. You are a phenomenal real estate agent, but I have to ask, have you always been a real estate agent? No, I have not always been a real estate agent. I've been a real estate agent since 2009. 2009. So you had probably many other jobs before that, but in 2009, what made you become a real estate agent? That's a big jump. Um, well, when um, the economy took a little bit of a recession there, um, my job that I had was no longer paying. And mm. so everybody has to have a place to live. So that's what I decided to do. That makes sense. I, 2009, I was in college. Yes, my freshman year of college and... Uh, I remember there was quite a recession. I remember the gas prices were sky high, similar to what they are now. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of a scary time to get into real estate, I'm sure. It was. It was um, very different than the market we have now. The market we have now, inventory moves very quickly, usually. Mm -hmm. uh, in 2009, um, you would get a listing and hope that somebody would come look at it really? for months before you could even get an offer on it yes oh my yes so Lots of short sales of foreclosures and messy messy real estate you said something a short sale what is that um a short sale is a sale where a buyer owns a home and they're upside down on it so say you bought a house for two hundred thousand dollars and um your mortgage was for $175,000 and when property values dropped, maybe the house was only worth, I'm just pulling numbers out of the air here, no, like okay. say, the, say the house was only worth market value about $125,000, a lot of people were getting laid off from their jobs, they didn't have a way to pay their mortgage payments. Um, a short sale is when the lender that holds the mortgage for the house at $175,000 is willing to take less than what is owed because the person that owns the house with the lender is not able to make their payments. Mm. So it sounds like it's a really quick, easy thing, and it's actually long and complicated. Okay. And we don't like those. We don't want to do that. I can still do that if somebody ends up that way, but yeah. property values um, right now are holding steady and raising, so most people are not going to be in that position. Which is a good thing. That, which is a very good thing. So... So I want to know some stories about real estate. So like maybe what's the biggest house you've ever sold? Oh my goodness, I can't talk today. Or um, just obstacles that you've overcome. Um, well, so real estate stories, you know, um, we have to be very aware of safety. Um, it's not, when I first started, it was not unusual to meet a buyer for the first time at a house, a vacant house. And, uh, back then, we encouraged people to get pre-approved, but buyers were so few and far between that 
sometimes we'd meet people once before they would have that pre-approval and uh, that's always a little scary if you think about meeting somebody that's called you on the phone hey I'd like to see this house try to have a conversation with them about getting pre-approved oh yeah I'm fine I just need to see this house to see anyway I don't do that anymore um, because the way the market is you have to have that pre-approval before you ever go look at the house um, so that was always a bit of a challenge trying to be sure uh, that somebody knew where you were and you were going to be safe and certain ways that you um, interact with people when you meet them at a place. Um, let me think. Um, I've been in <laughs> I've been in some really nice houses. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes uh, when we're showing houses we show multiple houses in a day and you think oh that's no big deal but if you have like eight or ten showings in a day and they all have two stories in a basement like that's a lot of walking and up and down stairs and talking with people and being sure everybody's on the same page and yeah. things like that. There, you gotta, when you're selling a house, um, someone, a home, you gotta be really on top of your game and um, I remember when you first started with me, uh, I think this was like four years ago, I think so, roughly. Yeah. About, um, maybe four and, and a half, possibly. Possibly, I think oh, so. no, maybe three and a half. But you, you were concerned about going up and down the stairs. Do you care to tell us about that? Yeah, um, I I would walk with a limp and everybody would say, well, what's wrong? What'd you do? And I'm like, I didn't do anything. I just got a hitch in my get-along today. My hip was bothering me. Um, and when I was showing houses like that, it was got to where it was very difficult to keep up with people and be able to go up and down stairs with them. Or if I had a big piece of property and we wanted to walk the land, um, it was very, I usually would just tell people, give them a aerial map and go, go ahead and look. I'm, you know, I'm not going to keep up with you. So mm -hmm. uh, when I first started coming here, that was my biggest uh, complaint. was mm -hmm. my hip hurt, and I couldn't get around very well. So, Well, a couple years into care, and, and I know this is a, a difficult conversation to, to talk on, um, but we lost someone. We did, yes. A couple years ago. Um, Eddie, yeah. who I am... Very much a big fan of. We had some conversations. Me and him would talk about uh, Dr. Martin and this office or this building. Yeah. And I only had just a few moments with Eddie, um, and they were good moments. But you had many because that was your husband. Yeah, twenty-three years worth. Absolutely. Yeah. So what what happened? Um, he had gotten hurt at work and uh, torn his rotator cuff. Mm -hmm. and um, so he was off work and he was having a lot of pain with his shoulder and his arm and going to the workman's comp doctor for that and um, he'd come here with you and you'd help get that feeling better and moving around better um, but he still wasn't feeling well um, so Eddie had heart failure and um, he lost that battle after uh, trying to take care of that after a few months we had no idea he had heart failure um, so after that happened you know when you lose someone you go through a grieving period oh yes um, and that's that's tough it's really tough and everybody's everybody's is different like some people you maybe you wouldn't even know it because they seem like they're okay and some people um, have a very difficult uh, time with that and um, they can if 
if we're not careful, everybody's everybody's grief journey is different, and everybody's is good as long as you keep moving. You don't want to get stuck in a certain place with that. You don't want to get so so bogged down in your grief that you can't, um, for an extended period of time, participate in life in some way. Absolutely. Yeah. And I and I agree with you 100. percent I remember. You know, I'm, I'm a spectator right. in, in your grieving. Right, you are. And, Very much so. And uh, during that time, this was the only place you came to. Pretty much, yeah, because also right when that happened, right after he died, is when everything was locked down on COVID. True. And Absolutely. There were, you couldn't go anywhere. So this was your only stop. And, um, and hopefully I was somewhat of a positive light. You were very positive. Um, you know, I... <laughs> I still remember the day I came in here and I just couldn't even talk. I was still so in such a bad place and you just hugged me and prayed for me and that was really great. I really appreciated that. Well, it made me feel really seen and heard. Well, you're very welcome and I'm, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad you did too. Um, I'm curious on your thoughts having gone through a grieving process like this and still am still I mean it's yes. always with us you know when you lose your person that's always with you even though you're still participating in life absolutely what would you recommend to someone that has a friend that is going through the grieving because obviously there's there's no magical words that I could have said to you you know to make you you know feel better in that moment what what should someone that's a spectator do well, um, a few suggestions would be instead of saying, how are you today? Don't say that. <laughs> say, it's so good to see you. Mm. Or, it's good to see you. Or, I'm glad to see you. Don't ask the question of how are you because when you're, when, especially when it's very fresh, like I wanted to blurt out some really ugly things to people. <laughs> yes, yes. So, and, and it happened a few times. Um, and the other thing I would say is, you know, we all say, let me know what I can do, which is a good sentiment, but unless you know what to do, it, it comes, it seems a little hollow. Um, I would suggest, instead of saying, let me know what I can do, just if you know them very well at all, bring them dinner, bring them a gift card so they can eat dinner. Stop by their house, just maybe for a minute. I know some people really don't like that. Um, just stop by their house for a minute or just say hey come go with me let's let's go for a ride or let's go get a cup of coffee at McDonald's or let's go whatever um, instead of saying what can I do you know let me know what I can do because when you're in that process of grieving mm -hmm. you don't know what you want anybody to do you really don't like you don't know you, you just you can't think about that you know that's something I never would have thought of and I'm glad you you opened up and shared that with us um, so after the fact, okay, um, you started having some health issues. I did. Um, I'd been, so he was in the hospital in Indianapolis, and it was right before they named COVID, COVID. Mm -hmm. And um, it was still coronavirus then. Mm -hmm. um, I'm confident that uh, the hospital we were in is a very international hospital, a mix of, a, a very diversified mix of people from different places. I am... Um, quite sure in hindsight that I had COVID 
while he was in the hospital. I was very, very as sick I've been sick as I've ever been in my life. Um, and after he died, I was having chest pains, and I went to my doctor, and she suggested. can't remember exactly but um, she suggested I see after once or twice she suggested I go see a cardiologist so I had a bunch of tests and things run and um, he wanted me to take some medications and I talked with you about it mm -hmm. and about what they had said at the cardiologist and we started doing the adjustments some different things on the adjustments right. and yeah. um, you also recommended you did a what's that one test. Saliva a, test and a... Yes, we call it the heart health test. Yeah. But we tested uh, blood, uh, like blood spots, and then saliva. Okay, so we did that, which then came back with some suggestions on some supplements to take. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of a lot. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it was really a lot. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I started taking those, and I also listened to my doctor, mm -hmm. to some extent. <laughs> um <laughs> And um, through a lot of uh, work with um, also changing my diet and exercising, taking those supplements, um, and just, we, uh, we, I think I started coming two or three times a week, didn't I? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You did. It was kind of a big deal. You, um, there's some research, and I can't name the exact number, but right after you lose your spouse, um, anybody has a much much higher rate of death by heart attack mm -hmm. right after that. It's like a six month period that really, it's a huge deal yeah. if you have to be careful with. So um, anyway, so lots of supplements, doctor's visits, some medication. I'm happy to say uh, as of last fall, um, I no longer have any medications to take. I'm still taking supplements, although not as many as I was, yes, yeah. and still working on the exercise and the weight, and I feel good enough because you're keeping me straight and yeah. going that I can exercise and walk and keep up with business. Absolutely, because you have lost 75 pounds. I have. Which is amazing, and we were just talking before we got on here that you showing houses they could be a three, four story building and you can... I can go. You can, can go. go up and down the steps and I'm not the one huffing and puffing and going... <sighs> and that has to feel really it good. It does. It feels great. And I know you have kids. They're grown-ups. Kids are about my age. They are. I had to throw that in there. Um, but they were... Obviously, losing their dad was really hard. Well, Eddie, so they, so, Eddie's their stepdad. Well, but still. It was still their dad, but they had also lost their dad uh, mm. a couple of years before as well. So. so so they were really hit hard yes. uh, with this. And so you having your health means the world to them. It, it does. Like, they've had um, more than one step-parent mm. and... I'm the only one left out of, we'll say four parents. So, and they've also lost some other close relatives. And I just want to stay as healthy as I can for as long as I can. So they don't have to go through that again so soon. Absolutely. You have done such an amazing job. It's, you are, 
like a walking testimonial. You're a walking miracle. Uh, that's probably true. Because if I hadn't done something, I probably would not still be here. Yes, unfortunately. With those lab results, yes. Yeah, they were terrible. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me on the show. And folks, thank you for joining us. And we will see you next time on Thriving with Chiropractic. Thank you for joining. We truly hope Thriving with Chiropractic is making a positive impact on your health and wellness. Please comment and share this episode. We would love to hear from you. And as always, remember, your story matters.